Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're coming, and we ain't backing down. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Yeah, looking in the mirror. I'm bitterly disappointed with the officiating today. Guys being dudes. And they run through our like through a tin horn, man. Thank you, Lee. And we hope Lee Corso is, of course getting back to full health and we'll be back with us next week Stephen Gaffrey, welcome back yeah, to the Sunday show yeah. it's been a while yeah you're spelling, you're spelling young Alex Kirshner today who is finishing up his marathon congrats yep. to Alex for yes. getting the job done 26.2 we're very proud of Alex uh, I'm here as your substitute teacher if you'd like to put your head down on your desk quietly you can or we can just watch this video both of us are in the same state right now as I am in beautiful Alcoa Tennessee yeah. Uh, after a weekend spent on Rocky Top, that fucking song will be in my head for years. One of the reasons uh, we are recording this a little bit earlier than usual is so that you can sit alone in a motel room in Alcoa, Tennessee, to watch the Jacksonville Jaguars. Congratulations on writing your first drive-by trucker song, Richard. Honestly, I, honestly, I don't even know if I'm watching Jacksonville. I feel terrible right now. I'm probably just going to go back to bed. All right. Uh, before I can do that, we've got to do the longest 30 minutes of our week. Let's start it off. Put 30 minutes on the clock in three, two, one. Ohio State 44, Penn State 31. Uh, looked like, hey, looked like look. Penn State was giving us a game here. Right. And then they very much weren't. Yeah. So uh, Penn State took the lead. Uh, this is uh, as noted by the other Matt Brown, and they can fight out in the offseason who gets to be the Matt Brown. So with 926 remaining in the game, Penn State took the lead on a drive that we will discuss in a second. And then one minute and nine seconds of game time later, they trailed by two possessions. And Ohio State <laughs> national title worthy Ohio State just showed up then. They teleported in and they just started to yeah, it break took, souls. Took about two, what, two and a half quarters yeah. to show up, maybe three and a half quarters. Yeah. I like I, I, I think Ohio State. It's funny because in the beginning of the game, so Sean Clifford throws two picks in mm-hmm. the earlier in the beginning of the game. Ohio State should have gotten up, shut the door and the game should have been over with like five minutes left in the first quarter yeah and they were unable to do that and state hung around i thought clifford got a lot better as the game went on i thought cj stroud played like shit in the first half to be honest with you let me Um, yeah well let me jump to the end real fast i want to ask you just real fast before we get to the weirdness um was this bully for penn state or was this just an uh, ohio state kind of being sleepy here like i I couldn't figure out like who I'm giving credit or who I'm giving criticism to for the first two and a half I think quarters. Penn State, I think Penn State deserves some credit. They did this against Michigan too. Yeah. They like they they got kind of steamrolled in open play and then hunkered down in the red zone against Michigan in the first half there before things got out of hand in that game. 
Um, I was really impressed with how physical uh, Penn State was on the perimeter. If you can't, you know, re- receivers do not have to pancake DBs, but you got to get in front of the guy. Yeah. And Penn State was just very aggressive on everything uh, Ohio State tried to do on the perimeter. I, th- I thought Manny Diaz uh, had a, uh, you know, I-, I would say the game plan for this, which is just blitz him, man. Like, it, it, if you want to sit there and let him throw for 500 yards, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, like, at least go down on your shield. And I, and I thought Penn State did that. This Penn State drive, uh, holy shit. Uh, so there's a field goal attempt that get, that goes backwards on a Penn State penalty, forwards on an Ohio, an Ohio State penalty because they lined up in the they lined up basically over center, which you're not supposed to do. Then oh, Penn State says, screw it. We'll go for it. But they get it on fourth down. They get into the red zone. They throw a touchdown pass that is caught and then fumbled, but possibly recovered in the end zone, but not. They bring it back. Then they have to go what back to, I think, a fourth and goal. Uh, just an absolutely stupefying series of football plays. Uh, sometimes James Franklin and offensive management is like your buddy when you're playing pickup and he throws it. He tries to do the no look shot and he's like trying to act all cool about it. And it bounces off six things and it's a terrible shot, but it eventually goes in. That was that was the offensive game management for Penn State. Obviously, big bully for uh, JT Tuamalo. Yeah. Six sacks, two sacks, three tackles for loss, two interceptions, one touchdown, one PBU, one forced fumble, one fumble return you were not kidding that on twitter you, when you said like this was this was like a coming out national notice game for him no yeah i mean it's it's he was a five-star incredible talent all that kind of stuff from the state of washington that ohio state pried out uh it played Oof. like he's up next and he's got a lot more eligibility left than i think you'd like to see if you are a uh big 10 offensive player uh for the next you know year or two he's sticking around but that is that is a coming out party that is a player literally flourishing in front of our eyes uh great to see to the big 12 rich this was not the game i expected to be second on the rundown but oh my god my beautiful adorable little baby garbage disposals what happened yeah that's that's that is really not supposed to this is also not supposed to happen with a backup quarterback adrian martinez didn't play this so uh kansas state sorry kansas state 48 oklahoma state nothing the backup had four touchdowns and almost 300 yards passing the backup. Yeah, that that is that is not how that is not how you draw it up. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is the worst loss of the Mike Gundy tenure. Yes, I mean, it's, eight, it's, yes. 18 seasons. This is the worst loss. Um, this was, by the way, and Spencer Sanders was hurt, but this was well after the ass kicking had 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 wrapped up uh, first shutout for Oklahoma State since 09, which is a bedlam game. Not shocking there. It is statistically the most lopsided loss in both like uh, yardage and points for the 18 year. Right, but it's also like the worst vibe wise. Yeah. So you got spanked by a backup quarterback. Yeah. It made you look like an FCS and, team. And, and, and let, let's establish something here. This was instant. K-State scored on five of their first seven drives. Oklahoma State couldn't, wouldn't run. I know they're banged up. They don't have Jaden Bray. They don't have Brady Johnson. They don't have Dominic Richardson. They, they were without a lot of weapons, but. Uh, This is what I actually want to talk about because the game was just a moot point. It was ridiculous. Uh, Gundy said that because of the injuries, he, quote, changed something in practice this week, but then he did not specify what it was that he changed in practice, Richard. Does he mean they didn't practice? Well, I I mean, I know you're joking, but I think I I think did they just do more walkthrough and less contact? Did they? I I, I, I mean, you already you look, you already don't practice practice in the sense of what you're thinking of 
dear listener. Like, yeah. he, no, he, he hit like a day and a half a week. All right. Like, you're not bringing people to the ground, all that kind of stuff. Like, practice is not, is not and has not been what people had in, well, you know, in high school. And in especially not this time of year, right? Time. Because it, not, not right, this time right. of year, you're in the doldrums. You're, you, everybody's a little beat up. I heard, I, I saw beat up on a lot of game reports last night as I was pulling notes together. I get that. Yeah. Like, but, Georgia, Georgia has like, they call it like Bloody Tuesday, where they like have like a full contact, like, like Alabama has like full contact practices like the week of the playoff. And you're like, what the hell? Yeah, I it, it I don't know what happened with Oklahoma State, but it something fundamentally did not. Happen. Yeah, but this this cannot happen. I don't know how it's, much of this game you watched, Richard. But what what we're talking about here is in, in terms of the total offensive domination for K State. This wasn't, and I'm going to be generic here. This wasn't an out scheming. This wasn't oh, a, you know, a, a chess match moment. These were ten yard screens breaking for forty yard touchdowns. These were runs from scrimmage that were going for 40 and 50 and 60. This was a fundamental breakdown of execution fundamentals and then just absolutely no like schematic presence at all on defense for Oklahoma State, let alone what happened on offense. All right, let's move on. It was it was terrible, uh, except I mean, unless your email, it was awesome. Uh, We've seen a lot of these games from TCU, TCU 41, West Virginia 31. This is the program, Richard, that's the most comfortable acting like a stereotypical Big 12 program. They're either risky or they're ruthless, but it's working. Uh, they keep getting away with this. Our beloved Horn Frogs keep getting away with this. Uh, they got 60 minutes of JT Daniels, which means they got 60 minutes of an opponent starting uh, an opponent's starting quarterback for the first time in like five weeks. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I thought that TCU... I, I thought TCU was going to come out in the first half and play a little bit better than they did. Um, they were kind of, look, the final score margin was 10 points and they had West Virginia was like in this late. Yeah. Um, but Hey, you know, it, it's, it's, it is a dog eat dog conference and TCU has risen above. And as everybody loses around them and it kind of looks like we're headed for a rematch with Kansas state at full strength, in December, if things keep going like they're going here, you determine um, the you conference. Know, I don't, I don't wanna, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to completely write it off because they could go to Texas in two weeks and get smoked from yeah. TCU. But you know, it's it, they keep winning. They keep winning. Um, just evidence of their entire season in, in encapsulated in one play. It was a fourth and one hard count to draw West Virginia offsides. They didn't want to give the ball back. They got him to jump. They threw the deep touchdown pass to win by ten instead of three. There was like, I don't know, seconds left on the game in, in, in I think it encapsulates TCU because it hits the over at 69 and it's a backdoor cover. Uh, that was the kind of day and the kind of season that TCU has had. Let's just round out the Big 12 while we stay here, Richard. Uh, Oklahoma 27, Iowa State 13. Here's what I can tell you. Brent Venables uh, spends the majority of his time in, in the postgame uh, complimenting his putter punter, Michael Turk, for two fourth quarter punts inside the 20. That gives you the tone and the tenor of where Oklahoma is at right now. This is the lowest total points they've allowed in a conference game this season. Yes, it is Iowa State. It's Iowa State. It is Iowa State. This is a team, this is an Iowa State team that is not particularly good at running the ball. So it allows Oklahoma to feel and look good on a lot of defensive stats this week. But let's be honest, they really needed to just feel and look good no matter what the opponent level was. Yeah, it, it's it's Iowa State. Um, Oklahoma ran a fake punt. Yo, uh, it's so pretty. In which it was literally like pin pull. At, and the kicker toted the mail. Like it was actually pretty sweet. And he um, ran and like and, it was a good it was run. Cool. <laughs> it was a good run. He avoided yeah, tackle. It was, it was pretty neat. Uh, uh Baylor 45, <laughs> Texas Tech 17. 
Um, I, you know, I, I didn't look, I didn't get to see this game, so I don't know. You know, Texas Tech goes for a lot of fourth down, all this kind of stuff. I don't know if it's one of those things where the fourth down's got a little squirrely and then the game gets away from you. Um, but Baylor sat on them. 32 years since the Bears won in Lubbock. That's just one of those weird conference things that happens. Uh, yeah, the Bears, uh, Richard Reese is a freshman running back. If you have looked at Baylor in the recent weeks, he has sort of been the difference in their offense coming on. Three touchdowns, 138 yards. They did sit, they, they really did sit on them. Um, it was funny because McGuire called it out this week. He said, what's the, everyone asked, like, what are you worried about here? And he goes, if they'd run on us, we're going to have a problem. Time of possession in the first half was 22 and a half minutes for Baylor. Uh, Tech had three quarterbacks play in the game, and they all threw an interception, which is really nice. Richard, let's go to the Big Ten and our BetUS Pick'em game of the week. What happened? Iowa scored 33 points. That's what happened. Proud of you. Iowa 33. (laughs) Northwestern 14. How about it? How about it? I did not watch this game. Um, No, the hell. Are you crazy? Uh, Hawkeyes beat their season average for total yards per game with 227. Uh, or at 227 with 252 in the first half. Uh, Iowa scored on seven of eight possessions. By the way, eight possessions. Total. Eight, total. P- eight total possessions. Not a triple option um, team. Not an academy game. <laughs> it sounds like a lifetime extension for Brian Ferentz for me. That's just me. God. Um, Northwestern stinks. All right. So bad. You, like, you could be honest about Northwestern. All right. Northwestern got to a Big Ten championship game in 2020 when. Uh, the best organized teams and best organized programs were the ones who played the best over the long tail course of the season. You, we can be adults about Northwestern. All right. Uh, defense changing identity last year. Didn't work. Isn't working this year. Offense changing identity this year. Isn't working either. Maybe it'll click in the future because Lord knows Pat Fitzgerald will be there until, you know, the rapture. But if you did a blind good. item resume, Richard, on these stat totals and these games and this run since 2020. Anyone who looked at it without the name Northwestern on it would say that's a Big Ten program that's about to make a coaching change. Flat out, full stop. And yet, uh, Michigan 29, Michigan State 7, a rather uneventful. Oh, hold on. Wait. Godfrey. What? Oh, Godfrey. my God. We, Wait. We, haven't even, we haven't even told the people to go to BetUS.com. That's BetUS.com. Remember to join now. You get 200% in bonuses with promo code SCD. Nobody in the industry gives better discounts than BetUS. Again, join up and use the promo code SCD. You get 200% in bonuses. On your first deposit. I cannot wow, believe 200%. you weren't going to tell the people. I can't believe you, you weren't going to tell the people to go to BetUS.com. Again, that is BetUS.com. That's why Richard's here is to remind the sub to, that everyone needs to turn their homework in. BetUS. Uh, promo code, I believe, is S-Z-D. You got to hit that Z sometimes. Sources say. Uh, if, if there is a theme in this week, it was, I guess, Michigan and Ohio State fans on social just basically trolling each other for having bad starts. That's kind of the, that was it. Uh Michigan 29, Michigan State 7. This, Richard, I know you were busy. You were working. This is a nasty college football rivalry. This isn't a big college football rivalry. This is a nasty one, and this is how you define that. There is zero respect here whatsoever. These staffs, not the players, genuinely hate each other. Michigan threw deep when they were up 22 in the final minutes of the game. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, There was a real ass fight in the tunnel, not a football player fight in the tunnel. Okay. Yeah, we were we were my my youngin got jumped in there. I will say Michigan. We can't. We can't have that. Michigan's Jaden McBurrows as someone like I worked in bars for seven years. This was a this was a guy getting jumped. This was a physical confrontation, not football players doing the pushy thing in pads. Um, he was not in pads because I think he's been injured. 
he was straight up based on the footage we've seen. I don't want to do too much context. We don't know what led up to. We don't, oh, we don't know. Bottom line is there's video footage out there in the tunnel of about seven to eight Michigan State players whooping his ass after the game in the tunnel. This is I, nasty. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he was not saying nice things to the young men, but <laughs> that does not excuse the fact you can't do that. that shit, we, man. we can't be. We can't be jumping, guys. This this, um, this, this is, is this is like Monday Nitro looking old school pro wrestling stomping. James Franklin, a couple weeks ago, after Penn State lost to Michigan, made light of the fact that there is only one tunnel at Michigan. Again, yeah. this is 2022, and there's only one tunnel. Jim Harbaugh said, and I am obviously paraphrasing here. Jim Harbaugh was basically like, I don't know, what do you want us to do? We're not changing it. Um, and then this happened. By the way, Kevin Warren was on hand for this game. Came out he to the there, presser afterwards, um, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ke- Kevin Warren's son uh, plays for Michigan State. Um, this was Kevin Warren's son is a six year senior for Michigan State. So, uh, yeah, because he played, didn't he play at Mississippi State too? Yeah. Yeah, he transferred. Um, so, not a good situation. The uh, the Michigan campus police are apparently working with uh, the Michigan State uh, campus police to kind of figure out what happened here, and we will see the long tail after uh, over the next. There was a football weeks, game week or so. There, there was a football game. Yes, uh, allegedly there. Was Michigan a only game. led thirteen to seven at the half. Uh, Michigan State had, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to get too specific here because I honestly uh, I'll defer to you. This was the game in this rivalry. Where at 13-7, it felt like Michigan State was going to do some wonky devil magic shit in the second half. And then, I just want to shout out to our buddy Ace Anbender. Uh, he actually tweeted this at halftime. Remember, Michigan is plus 91 in scoring differential in the second half this year. Michigan State is negative 18. Adjustments. Michigan came out in the second half. It was 133-8 to eight in total yardage in the third quarter. But at one point, it was 141-9 to negative nine as they went further in. Uh, and then also, Richard, I don't know if you saw this. We had a sequel to Trouble with the Snap, and it was Sean McDonough on the call. And he, guess what? In the moment, Sean McDonough, God bless him, throws out, there's trouble with, you could hear him trying not to smile Mc- as it happened. God, Sean McDonough is the, Sean McDonough is the best. It was so good, a, man. He made, a, he made a reference to the fact that they like used pylon footage at some point in time because they like are contractually, like they have to show the pylon footage every That's now great. and then. That's great. McDonald's the best. Uh, Minnesota 31, Rutgers 0. Look, Yuck. if you're not good, <laughs> if you're not good and Minnesota has Tanner Morgan and Muhammad Ibrahim, they're going to smoke you. Yeah, Ibrahim was bad. Yeah, Ibrahim was Ibrahim and then Tanner Morgan came back and that was it. Rutgers had 130. Richard, have we talked on the show yet that Sean Gleason got fired? Rutgers had 134 yards of offense. Yeah, it's it's it ain't good. Yeah, uh, Illinois 26, Nebraska 9. Speaking of it ain't good. Um, oh, Illinois, it, Illinois, if it's so pretty, it's so pretty games, they are going to clinch Dude, by the they're way. They're gonna, they're gonna, yeah. uh, speaking of sitting on teams in the second half, which is becoming a big 10 theme, Nebraska had 29 yards on tw- uh, 20 plays in the second half. Illinois has the best statistical defense in the nation. Stop me when this gets weird. Illinois has five straight wins now over the Western division. Okay. Chase Brown had 32 carries. This is peak Burt. This is peak Big Ten West. The man snuck in and did Wisconsin and Iowa better than Wisconsin and Iowa have in years. And they're cruising, baby. Georgia 42, Florida 20. Great teams cover. Uh, the Florida came back in yeah. this game. Looked yeah. like they were making it something of a game. And then they very much weren't. Uh, Brock Bowers is an absolute mutant. I mean, that where they do that at? 
what he get, what he is able to do on a football field. I mean, he's just incredible. I watched um, I watched this game with my old man as I was working on the side, and his quote in front of my small children was, "How the fuck is it fair that uh, you have a tight end like that?" He just re- remarked that out of nowhere, and it, my response was, "Which tight end are you talking about?" Yeah, yeah, because the other one. I said, I think I said this on the show, uh, on the TV show, like I should be worried about whether Darnell Washington can like develop a reliable mid range jump shot. Like the fact that he <laughs> plays football is like absolutely ridiculous. God, uh, Anthony Richardson, obviously not a hundred percent. Yeah. He, he took that hit, uh, on the first drive of the game. It's going to nerf your offense a little bit. If you, if you don't have his QB run game ability, but like in what reality is Florida scoring 40 points on this team? Richard, okay, what is like your heat check overall, though, right now on Napier? Because I know, and this is more for the midweek show, but like we're, we're, we're plodding along pretty much exactly where we thought we'd be, right? Right. Okay. I mean, this is there. They got beat by Georgia by a lot. Yeah. It, I, yeah. I mean, it, okay. the spread was 22 and a half, I think. All right. Speaking uh, of alma maters. Three and a half. Uh, speaking of alma maters, Ole Miss 3120, uh, Texas A&M 28. That's why I shouldn't write TAMU in the notes. This screws me up. And it looks like they were they really were going to dominate this game early uh, with a freshman quarterback. Connor Wagman threw for almost 400 yards and four touchdowns. But the bigger issue for Ole Miss was their defense now officially up front sucks ass. And it's been hidden for a while this season. They kind of snuck out of the Kentucky game with a strip sack. They are not good. Uh, early on, A&M was just killing Ole Miss with the run, pretty much living in the backfield. So uh, we've done a bad job in the media, the entire media of blowing up some of these offenses like Lane Kiffin's Richard. Here's a schematic take for you. You know how you stop Lane Kiffin's offense? The same way you stop any offense, which is if you can get pressure with just three or four down linemen on a play, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's going to confuse, piss off and hurt your quarterback. Uh, That's what was going on early. Also, really kind of the more interesting thing about this game was that they had to, Ole Miss had to adjust, AM had to adjust. There was a lot of chess match stuff going on, and the announcers kept, uh, yeah, by the way, my favorite announcer is Tom Hart, Rogers, and, uh, and our buddy Cole on the sideline. So during this game, there was actually a, a, a sideline infraction because of the guys that you see on the sideline that are wearing the different colors of the school's shirts because they're doing the signaling. So DJ Durkin. I thought you were going to say because of Cole. <laughs> yeah, no, not Cole. No, Cole usually does a good, pretty good job of that. Um, I'll have to ask Cole if he's ever gotten in trouble with the refs as an announcer. They both schools and they acknowledge this in the broadcast spent all week apparently overhauling their offensive signals on for Ole Miss and their defensive signals for A&M. And you can tell it was an issue. Mainly because like the Ole Miss guys, they have like guys in red, green and yellow. They're encroaching. And at one point they do get a a sideline warning because they changed everything that week. DJ Durkin obviously was at Ole Miss last year. Um, The literal difference in this game, to give you an idea, Ole Miss ran a fake punt on fourth and four from its own 16 in the first half. It barely converted upon review. They basically just said there wasn't enough conclusive evidence to overturn because the knee was down. And that was the difference in the game because it ended up being a field goal. That was pretty much the most interesting part of this. Other than that, it was exactly what you would expect from these teams. Wyman looked pretty good, but Jimbo has lost four straight. So you can spin this for AM either way. They actually looked better than they had, especially against South Carolina. Ole Miss does not have a good defense, but Jimbo, you have lost four straight. Tennessee 44, Kentucky 6. Uh, Will Levis made bad decisions with the ball. Kentucky got down. Their pass protection stunk before they got down. It stunk after, especially when Tennessee started teeing off. Uh, Danico Slaughter for Tennessee had one interception and then also had like a full on like jacked up moment where he like absolutely like pile drove the wide receiver, popped the ball up 
and Tennessee got another interception. They had three interceptions on the day. Look, Tennessee played good defense in this game. We know what the offense can do, will do, did do, um, but the defense showed up today, and they played what looked like a complete game. They had a weird special teams play early in the game, but then kind of made up for it later, um, had their own good special teams play. Sort of looked like they blocked a punt, but then Tennessee's Homer stat keepers actually didn't give them the block punt, which was kind of funny. We were joking about that in the press box. Um, You know, sources say it feels like 98. The Kentucky thing without an offensive line, I will say, is not it. Not it at all. The rent has come due there. Josh Foreman, former offensive line coach, passed away a few years ago. He was really kind of the offensive line whisperer for that program. His guys have now rinsed out of the program for the most part. It is a problem. It's a problem. If you build yourself on a solid footing and you don't have the good offensive line to 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 build foundation, build it on. Um, that's a space you need to pay attention to for Kentucky. Is, is basketball forward. time in the bluegrass now? Uh, I met. I did meet friend of the show Wes Bowling, who was our liaison with the folks at Nokian Tires outside of Neyland Stadium. Uh, this was obviously my Nokian road trip because I was actually there. Go to NokianTires.com backslash SCD. Fill out the Nokian road trip map. Uh, and every new entry that you do gets you into a monthly drawing to win a set of Nokian tires. Uh, our friend Alex is very satisfied with his tires. How are you with the tires? You I'm loving the tires. The tires. Oh, it is on the everyday vehicle. Are you kidding me? It's on the Godfrey uh, child transportation mobile. Uh, couldn't be better. Couldn't be safer. Couldn't be more reliable. Arkansas 41. Auburn 27. Speaking of reliable, uh, the scouting report on Auburn is exactly what Arkansas did in the second half. Six passes, 28 runs. Lean, lean, push, push. They'll fall apart. We don't need to say anything else other than I think Arkansas is kind of rounding into shape a little bit. Missouri 23, South Carolina 10. Gamecocks. Uh, Jaheim Bell was not targeted. That was a big, like, uh, pissed off thing on Twitter afterwards. Missouri has a four-game winning streak in this series. I did not know that. Brady Cook played one of his best games yet. He didn't turn the ball over. And congrats, South Carolina. You got ranked for a whole week, Richard. That's bully for them bully for them uh notre dame 41 syracuse 24 it was fun syracuse it was it was really really fun it's now not so fun um notre dame yeah michael mayer played well in this game yeah look notre dame does not have a ton of offense (laughs) no like but notre dame notre dame's got the defense to sit on you It, it i am very very earnestly interested in how next week is going to go for those Clemson tires. I will be there. It's this Clemson tires, Nokian on the brain, those Clemson tigers. Yes. Uh, I will be uh, Notre- in South Bend for that next Notre week. Dame. Uh, if this, if this had been Notre Dame's mentality, they would not have lost to Marshall. This is an adjustment and evolution and learning about your team. They ran the ball a bunch. They mainly did it in the first half. Their rushing EPA was way higher in the first half. They forced five, three and outs at one point. And they scored on turnovers. They did the things that they were supposed to do when they were more physically talented on the lines, especially than another team. This does apply to like losing at home to Marshall. Um, Schrader got benched for Syracuse. The Cuse offense was really, really bad. Worth worth noting that like it was as if someone just came in and solved that riddle. Richard, speaking of absolutely horrific trash. In multiple overtimes, I think it was four. And no touchdowns. We'll get into that in a second. Miami 14, <laughs> Virginia 12. Holy shit. Yeah, they, they got into the turn of the uh, two-point palooza at the end there. Um, no Tyler Van Dyke. No points. No anything of note in this game. It went to overtime at 6-6. It was tied at 3-3 after three. 
So I know you didn't see this game. You didn't miss anything. It was tied at six six. I couldn't watch it because it was the the regional yeah, yeah TV yeah, yeah, thing yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. Literally, it won't let me watch it. There are holes in the ACC network coverage thing. It's very it is very strange. If you're an ACC fan, you know exactly what we're talking about. So it finishes fourteen twelve. The only play Richard of the day that crosses the goal line is the when they went to two point duels in the fourth OT. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Van Dyke didn't play. That does not absolve both of these teams for this absolute trash, baby. Hey, you are complicit. Yeah. At one point, I'm I'm monitoring multiple games. I flip over and I see that UVA <laughs> UVA is inside the five. They fail on four consecutive plays. They turn it over. Uh, this is just absolute trash. Uh, we, we can we'll push UVA into an offseason discussion about a program that's trying to re- like comp- kind of rework something and they don't have as solid a foundation. We. I'm changing my tenor and tone quickly on Miami. I was much more forgiving of Miami until until this. Speaking again, just to stay in absolute garbage territory, Richard, UConn 13, Boston College 3. I will not compliment Jim Moore Jr. This is my show and you can't make me. What if UConn goes to a bowl game? Which they are I don't give a two shit. wins away from doing. <sighs> BC is really bad, Richard. I would I, I would Unbelievable. Uh, BC is really bad uh they've had a lot of injuries this year it's basically destroyed your ability to be a good quarterback essentially uh, he's been under pressure most of the entire well, I season i think that's what destroyed it um well, by by all means what destroyed it i don't think he's that good i never thought he's that good i never said he was great i'm saying his ability to be as effective as he was last year has been completely nullified by the offensive line issues i would like everyone to gently look at the bc wins and how they got to six wins in that bowl game last year Okay, before I get into this, Richard, I want everyone, all my sources listening, all my people, stop texting me about when Louisville's going to open, okay? Because it's three in a <laughs> row now. Louisville, 48. Wake Forest, 21. Uh, yeah, okay. Six turnovers in a row. In a quarter. In one quarter. By the way, you Two will remember sixes. earlier in the show, when we, when we said Iowa ran eight possessions for the entire game, Wake Forest ran six possessions. Well, ran is one way to put it. Six possessions in the third quarter. Uh, eight total turnovers if you count turnovers on downs in the second half here. Um, Wake for, uh, uh, Louisville had 35 points off of said turnovers. You are never going to win any football game ever if you have, you know, six real turnovers, eight actual turnovers. I, I've never. Um, they uh, came into the game with. I was going to say, I've, yeah, I, I've, I've never, never seen, seen like this it. happen with a quality. Uh, really, like, w- Wake Forest is a very consistent program. I've never seen anything like this. Right, right. May have saved fucking Satterfield's job. Um, really quick, 40, uh, Florida State 41, Georgia Tech 16. This is why Tech really wanted Brent Key to beat Virginia, uh, because then they could have gotten that interim tag off and then justified the rest of it. Now you really can't sell this. Uh, Richard, Jordan Travis had a career-high game. He had 396. Uh, offense just smashed Georgia Tech all day. He did basically whatever he wanted to. He had completions of 10 different receivers. He had, there was 200 yards rushing for Florida state. They were just, they, they cruised. And yet Travis still kind of looks wonky. Sometimes we're going way over. Why? Of course. Why wouldn't we? Jordan Travis to my, he's, he's good and they can be good. And yet you never feel 110% confident in him. By the way, Jeff Sims didn't play for tech. I mean, the offense was just non-existent. I don't, don't hire chip long. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Oregon 42, Cal 24. Uh, Oregon is an automatic 40 points. Automatic 40 points. You're going to have to, you're going to have to score with them. Uh, and good luck trying to find a way to do that. Did you know there's, there's this kid named Bo Nix. He had six touchdowns. 
Um, I bet he could play in the SEC. I know Auburn is probably going to be looking for a transfer quarterback uh, in the portal yeah. next year. Maybe. You Maybe think? he's somebody to take a swing on. Um, uh, Cal, they scrimmage Cal Colorado. This, I was going to say. Cal, well, I was just going to say. Go ahead. Oregon scrimmages Colorado next week. Yeah. Uh, and then the end of their slate gets gets interesting. Cal kind of had them schemed up for a minute until they didn't. And then Oregon just went pop, 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 three touchdowns. And it was about like six minutes of game time. Uh, this actually could have been a lot worse. Oregon was very aggressive, as they should be against an inferior opponent. They turned it over on downs twice in the red zone. This this was actually more of a blowout than than the blowout that it was. Um, great job, Arizona. I give you a sticker, and I'm I sound like a condescending dick, and I don't mean to. USC forty five, Arizona thirty seven. So g- good job, Wildcats. Um, there was a really really tasty spot, yeah, of Pac twelve officiating yes. in this game, yes, that I saw. They just like forgot about the clock at so, one point in time. Yeah, here let me let me run through it real fast, and I'll let you opine because this could have absolutely kneecapped USC season. Um, so this game was close at one point. It was thirty-one twenty-nine in the third quarter. USC led. If Arizona had pulled the upset, right when they were down that, that j- just by a margin, they could have come back in the fourth quarter. If that had happened, you could have pointed to a moment as this as the first half is ending. USC tries to spike the ball. Okay, they're on the Arizona 10. The officials start the clock before the ball gets spotted. They 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 screw up one of the fundamental parts of game management as officials and and uh, USC doesn't get a chance to score on Arizona before the half. That could have determined the outcome of this game, Richard. Yeah, I, th- this is different than a missed penalty. Like I thought there was a bad pass interference against Kentucky in the Tennessee game. Like, I know Florida fans were not thrilled with the refing in the cocktail party, which, look, grow up. But, like, th- that is different than, like, game protocol management and stuff. Like, I don't typically overreact to refing stuff, but the Pac-12 refing stuff is really bad. Yeah. Because it just lends, like, zero credibility to your administration of the football game. And every time you screw it up, it gets worse and worse and worse because of legitimate public perception. It's not like we're making this shit up, man. You messed up administrating the game. I don't want to say it's the easy part, but that's the part that's cut and dry. Uh, Jordan Addison and Mario Williams didn't play. Caleb Williams still had a career high for yardage. Um, He's good. Uh, I don't want to dwell on this. There's nothing to take from it. Arizona State 42, Colorado 34. It's a lame duck bowl. Do you have anything, Richard? Nope. UCLA 38, Stanford 13. Stanford, like, can't score a touchdown at all. The, all. The amount of field goals they've kicked this month is, like, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, Bruins coasted. This was 38-6 in the fourth. Uh, Stanford is missing its two starting running backs. This is just a nice rebound game for UCLA, which gives them credit as we examine their legitimateness is like they did come back against an inferior opponent after the Oregon loss and did what they were supposed to. Utah beat Wazoo earlier in the week. It was a very Utah win. That's about as much as I can give you. Uh, Richard, we have news from the American. UCF 25, Cincinnati 21. The Knights ended Cincinnati's 19-game conference winning streak three years after Cincinnati ended a 19-game conference winning streak, uh, or UCF's 19-game conference winning streak. Guess what? This puts Tulane alone in first place in the American. Richard, the Green Waver in the driver's seat for the New Year's 6 G5 bid, auto bid, I don't know, whatever, the team that gets to lose in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, this game was uh, this game had been coming for Cincinnati. John Reese Plumley left the game with a concussion, and yet the combined the quarterback position still gave still had 500 total yards, over 500 yards. Uh, ben Bryant, uh, I don't know if this is breaking news to anybody. He's not Desmond Ritter. UCF basically schemed this, uh, took this knowledge and schemed the Bearcats specifically into 
taking shots in man coverage in the passing game. And Ben, Bur- which is not what you want. Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not what you want. Um, and they also sold out to stop the run, but also Cincinnati has struggled to run the ball recently. They can't run. This the ball. game was coming. This game, this game was inevitable. UCF's a higher quality team in the American. Again, I think, I think overall Cincinnati has acquitted itself nicely in a rebound year after losing so many high end draft pick guys, Navy 27 temple 20. This game sucked ass. Uh, the mids had a 13, nothing lead in the first half. They blew it. They still won on a whopping 224 total yards in the game. They did not complete a pass. They had no passing yards. Temple sucks. SMU 45, Tulsa 34. Uh, SMU dominated them. I mean, dominated. Got them. down to their third string quarterback, by the way, Kevin Jennings, which is a guy that they're actually really high on. He, I think he was kind of like a kind of a buzz, buzz recruit guy in the Dallas area. Didn't matter. Also, Tulsa sucks. That that helps. Houston 42, South Florida 27. Clayton Toon, 10,000 yards uh, in his career for the Cougars. This is not a, this isn't necessarily a Houston has fixed things statement. Um, their offense has been better since the end of the Memphis game, uh, but that's also because they're playing really bad teams and they get to play Temple next. So let's just wait on all that. USF's offense looked better than it has. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. On Friday night, ECU 27, BYU 24, Mike Houston. Pirates are bowling. He has done the job he was hired to do. BYU is in a free fall. It's because of their defense. E, uh, ECU was over six yards a carry. The Cougar defense is bad, bad, bad. And there are issues in Provo. Richard, let's go to the Sun Belt. Did you catch the Southern Miss game? I can't say that I did, Godfrey. That was rhetorical for me to catch my breath. Southern Miss 39, <laughs> Louisiana 24. This is a huge win for Will Hall's program. They are I would say resource deficient compared to some of the more upstart programs in this conference. Weird stat. Check this out. This is Southern Miss's 10th straight win over Louisiana. And everyone's like, wait, how's that possible? Billy Napier It's because Southern Miss was in the Cuse all this time and they didn't really play. During that era. Yeah. Didn't play it's a neat little wrinkle. Uh, Southern Miss jumped on them early. They scored two touchdowns and two consecutive offensive plays. Look, Southern Miss is alive to win the West. They have one loss. It's, it's really them, Troy and USA, and this knocks Louisiana essentially out of contention for the West. So Billy Napier is not coming back through that door, and he did take a lot of players with him, which they're a little salty about in Lafayette. So did LSU. Yeah, I know. So I know. No, no, I mean, I'm not saying he took him to. Well, I guess I did frame it that way. Hey, guess what, Richard? Georgia State 31, ODU 17. Remember when some dudes on a podcast said that uh, Georgia State was good? They might be the best three and five team in the nation. I don't know about good. Not just not bad. I said they're the best three uh, and five team in the nation. They did lose to Charlotte in September. Yikes. Coastal Carolina 24, Marshall 13. Uh, Coastal was up on them, and it was nice to see kind of Coastal get its groove back to an extent. Uh, Marshall fought gamely here. Yeah. They did. Mount- uh, Boise State did what you're supposed to do against Colorado State, yes. which is they beat them by 40 points. Sweet. Um, we can do this Mountain Fresno West State thing real for- fast, which is basically that, like, <laughs> here's the deal. Fresno State won a game they really, really needed to. And you basically have two good four and four teams. This was a vintage Jake Hayner game. Uh, He had basically a last minute touchdown pass to win the game. 400 yards, three three TDs. They look good. San Diego State was up 21-10 at the half. So this is a great thing for Fresno State. The rest of it was just crap-ass football. I will point out, though, San Jose State 35, Nevada 28. The Spartans honored uh, Camden McWright before the game. They had postponed their previous game because he died on campus. Uh, they fell behind 21-7 to a bad Nevada team. And it was just like, when you look for the whole uh, distraction element, young football player, like this is what that game looked like. Uh, they did rally to win. <sighs> Richard. Good for them. <sighs> okay. For them. Uh, I didn't even have it in the show notes, but did you see Charlotte score a bunch of points and beat Rice? Yes. So I was under the impression that Rice had gotten a little bit better. 
Uh, and it was that was that misplaced? No, no, sir, or? no, sir. I, I was as okay. well. Uh, I thought this was Mike Mike Bloomgren's last chance to sort of fix this temporarily, like like patch it up enough to get the hell out. Uh, we could talk about that on a Patreon, another Patreon show. Uh, let's jump over to the Mac. There were two games. Toledo, good job, man. Uh, Toledo twenty seven, uh, uh, Eastern Michigan twenty four. Toledo has not done the thing yet. It is not totally imploded in October yet. They tried to. Uh, the Rockets trailed for uh, like I want to say the entire game until a last minute touchdown pass from Tucker Gleason to Lenny Cool, and they still lead the MAC Western Division. Good for you. You haven't screwed it up yet. Miami twenty seven, Akron nine. I only put this on here because I periodically get questions from people who don't pay attention to the MAC. And that like they're like, hey, how's Joe Moorhead doing? Uh, the zips suck. They definitely do. But they actually outgained Miami in this uh, 396 to 268. They just turned it over three times. They had a pick six to seal the game. Like Akron is is very much an in progress sort of thing. This is just a pure talent equation. And honestly, it was a roster so bad you couldn't portal it into manageability in one year. These things happen. Uh, OK, I'm going to go back to bed, I think. Yeah. Because if the Jaguars lose to Russell Wilson, I am going to be tilted for the rest of the day in a way that, oh, and you're boy. still going to wake up in a motel at East Tennessee. God bless. 